This is a recording of the 10 a.m. Holy Communion service recorded live at St. Peter's by the Sea Episcopal Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island on July 11th, 2021. Good morning, and welcome this morning. Uh, if you are parked on the street, there are parking tags that look like this in the back of the church. Um, please grab one um, on your way out and use it for future weeks. Our um, park officers, college kids that um, check the cars, um, are a little overzealous this year. And so we want to help them by letting them know that you're here for worship and you have permission to park along Central and Caswell. Um, if you do, by chance, fall, fall victim to one of our overzealous CSOs, um, just bring the ticket to me. The police department, no problem to have it invalidated. So um, I wanted to start with that. Also, um, a reminder, this week hopefully everyone got in the mail something that looks like this. This is the trifold. Um, the brochure for the Brothers Keepers concert. We have a couple more in the back of the church. Our first one's coming up in two and a half weeks on the 28th, and that will be the Rhode Island Piano Trio uh, featuring um, Jody DeSalvo and then a cellist and a violinist. Uh, it, the concert will include everything from classical to good old country fiddling. If you've ever been to one of Jody's concerts, you know they're wonderful. She is quite the entertainer. She performs throughout Florida and um, Wisconsin and other parts of the country and plays to sold out venues of three and 400 people. We'd like to see her perform here at St. Peter's to a sold out venue. We're only shooting for 200. Um, tickets are available for each of the concerts on Eventbrite. They're available through links on the eNet go on to our Facebook page, you will find the events on our Facebook page in the events section. 
And also, if you go onto our website and go to the calendar based on the date, you will find the event and you can pull that up and get to the Eventbrite link as well. Tickets are $25 plus handling fees through Eventbrite. There are sponsorship opportunities. We'd like to help pay our musicians something for their work. And we would also like to have all of our ticket sales be 100% to the community market. So if you're interested in a sponsorship opportunity, please uh, respond as quickly as you can. Your name will be included in the brochure that goes out on the night of each of the concerts. Just a note on what's going on here around the church this week. Um, this past week I mentioned that we've had some problems with the organ. We are getting ready for major rewiring coming up in um, sometime next year. But they came in and did a nice patch job, so uh, Tony is happy he only gets one note at a time. <laughs> so the great organ is functional and working at this point. I had a full tour of it, by the way, and went down to the basement and saw all the hundreds of wires that go between this console and those pipes. It's fairly incredible. Also, you'll notice scaffolding up. They are in the midst of doing the restoration work. Um, that is a $275,000 project. Um, some of which is coming out of our capital fund, uh, but other is coming through a loan from the diocese. If you wish to help defray the cost of that endeavor or for the repair to the organ, um, we'll be more than glad to accept the check. Um, help us out. The initial repairs for the organ will be $20,000 um, for this round of repairs. Again, the vestry has approved monies from the capital fund and hopefully some of the leftover from the loan. Um, Anything to help defray the cost, greatly appreciated. And looking into August, we are in the midst of planning a good old-fashioned family cookout here at St. Peter's, August 15th at 5 p.m. That's a Sunday evening. Ron, you have an idea of what's being planned. Could you share some of those details? Uh, we're going to have a cookout, you know, with the hot dogs, hamburgers, I think fried chicken will be served too. Uh, Ron Castile, Eden's dad, is going to be flown in from Columbus, Ohio to play some old-time gospel sing-along music and some uh, country music and whatever. He's, he's a lot of fun. He's 78 years old, going on 18. And, uh, and that's, I think... And the baskets. And the baskets. And so we're going to be auctioning off the remainder of the Christmas baskets. Uh, I think John Hines is going to be the auctioneer. We're going to have a very interesting way of auctioning off the baskets, and you're just going to have to come and see. Debbie. So revamped Christmas baskets yes. with a summer Green theme. Baskets and lobster baked baskets and all that. So it's so mark your calendars for August 15th. That's what's coming up. On that, please stand and join in singing hymn 372.
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. <clears throat> Almighty God, to all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, mercifully receive the prayers of your people who call upon you, and grant that they may know and understand what things they ought to do, and also may have grace and power faithfully to accomplish them, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. A reading from the second book of Samuel. David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. David and all the people with him set out and went from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who is enthroned on the cherubim. They carried the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Usa and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab were driving the new cart with the Ark of God, and Ahio went in front of the Ark. David and all the house of Israel were dancing before the Lord with all their might, with songs and lyres and harps and tambourines and castanets and cymbals. So David went out and brought up the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And when the house and when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. David danced before the Lord with all his might. David was girded in a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him with his, in her heart. They brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and offerings of well-being before the Lord. When David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the offerings of well-being, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts and distributed food among all the people. The whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, 
to each a cake of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins. Then all the people went back to their homes. The word of the Lord. Thanks to God. Psalm 24 will be read in unison. The earth is the Lord's, and all that is in it, the world and all who dwell therein. For it is he who founded it upon the seas, and made it firm upon the rivers of the deep. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord, and who can stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and a pure heart, who have not pledged themselves to falsehood, nor sworn by what is a fraud. They shall receive a blessing from the Lord, and a just reward from the God of their salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, and those who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates. Lift them high, O everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty? The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates. Lift them high, O everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. A reading from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, that he fiercely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, he had made known to the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fulfillment of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope, our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our sequence hymn is 686. We'll sing the first two verses prior to the reading of the gospel, and then we'll sing the third one after. Please stand for hymn 686.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. King Herod heard of Jesus and his disciples, for Jesus' name had become known. Some were saying, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead, and for this reason these powers are at work in him. But others said, it is Elijah. And others said, it is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For Herod himself had sent men who arrested John, bound him, and put him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because Herod had married her. For John had been telling Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to kill him. But she could not, for Herod feared John. Knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he protected him. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he liked to listen to him. But an opportunity came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his courtiers and officers and for the leaders of Galilee. When his daughter Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it. And he solemnly swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you, even half of my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What should I ask for? She replied, The head of John the baptizer. Immediately she rushed back to the king and requested, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was deeply grieved, yet out of regard for his oaths and for the guests, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately the king sent a soldier of the guard with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison, brought his head on a platter, and gave it to the girl. Then the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard about it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. As I was studying our Old Testament passage in the Gospel this 
This morning, I couldn't help but think about all the good bosses and supervisors I had throughout my career and all the bad ones. And began asking myself, what were the attributes of the good ones that I really liked and worked well with compared to those who I did not work well with or find to be good bosses? And the reason this came up in my head is I look at these two passages side by side, what I feel we get is a contrast between the good king and the bad king. Now, it's interesting that it seems to be reversed, that the bad king shows up in the gospel and the good king shows up in the Old Testament reading. But that's what we have this morning in terms of our passages. And I'll get a, go a little bit further in the gospel a little bit later on. But if we look at the Old Testament story today, we hear the continuation of the David story. A few weeks back, we heard, what, we heard the story of when he was called to be the king. He was the young boy, the youngest of all his brothers, and called to be king because Saul, the current king in Israel, was not doing his job well and had become corrupted, and so it was time for God and Samuel to find a new king. And so he hires or finds the most unlikely candidate, which is the youngest of several brothers. But that young child who he anoints as king later on becomes this great warrior who we heard a little bit later is the one when all of the great forces of Israel are quaking in fear. This young farmhand shows up with a slingshot and downs the great Philistine Goliath. And then over the weeks we've heard how from there David was taken into the court of Saul and eventually, under David's leadership, does battle with all the countries around him and is greatly successful as a leader. And then last week we heard the story of for the first time in generations, all 12 tribes of Israel are united under one leader the great King David. So today we almost come to the culmination of David's reign in which the Ark of the Covenant is kind of brought out of hiding, it almost appears, in someone's house and into the new city of Jerusalem, which is to become the great capital of Israel. And now brought into a tent where all can come into worship and eventually to be placed in the temple itself that David will soon build. And what we have is this marvelous scene in which the ark is being processed in, and there is King David dancing and whooping up with great joy in the presence of God, which is what that ark represented. As one person commented in the podcast I listened to, we see David at his best. And in this passage, we pick up on what it is that makes a good leader from God's perspective. And that first element of good leadership is that he rejoices in the presence of God. Representing a good relationship between David and the Almighty in that there is a sense of, for lack of a better word, a collegium in how David will hopefully rule. But as we read through the passage, it's not just that David comes dancing and singing into the streets of Jerusalem with the ark behind him. 
but he goes and pays homage to the ark and to God, and then offers burnt offering and prays for the blessing upon his people. Listen to what goes on. And then finally, at the last part, he feeds the people, rejoices in the presence of God, advocates on behalf of the people or for their blessing, and then feeds the people. In Psalm 72, a coronation psalm, we hear the psalmist ask the Lord, bestow upon the king your righteousness and your justice. And then further down, and I paraphrase grossly here, compassion for those who are needy. So a good leader is just, is righteous, is merciful, or holds compassion for the needy. This, in relationship to King Herod, is the complete opposite. King Herod does not embrace the presence of God, but he is fearful of God. King Herod does not rule on behalf of the people, but rules on behalf of himself to bring and consolidate power before him. And if anyone knows the history of the Herods, they had a very interesting court filled with suspicion and backbiting. We hear today that Herod, this particular Herod, had married his brother's wife. And Herodias fears John the Baptist. Why? Because he threatened her power and her relationship with King Herod because of the fact that she was actually King Herod's brother's wife. Now, here's a problem. We have a lot of Herods. And it gets confusing, and they weren't very creative in the name, because Herodias, Herodias' daughter Herodias. Can we keep up with the soap opera? But ultimately, what we see in this passage is the opposite of what we see in the Old Testament. And if you read through Mark into the next passage, we move from there into the feeding of the 5,000, which begins setting up Jesus as the good king, the good shepherd, who feeds his people, not just with food, five loaves and two fish, but also feeds them spiritually. So what is that of a good leader? One who rejoices in the presence of God. One who advocates on behalf of his people and calls for blessing upon his people and his people's blessing. And one who feeds and cares for his people. Those are the attributes of a godly leader. And I think about that this morning and say, why don't we hear these two passages side by side every fall just before we begin selecting our leaders? And why don't we use the criteria that David presents in this passage? We don't want to go too much further because David, of course, we know becomes corrupt because power corrupts and falls away from grace. But David in this passage, in the attributes that he displays, and begin asking our candidates for leadership those questions. How do you understand what justice looks like? 
what are your under, what is your understanding of how one cares for the needy? How do you understand what the role of leadership is? I suspect if those were the criteria and the questions and not character assassination that is so much a part of our process today, our government would look very, very different in Providence and in D.C., and maybe even here in South Kingstown and Narragansett. Because it is the role of the leader to care for the people. And for us, as those who select them year to year and cycle to cycle, to ask those questions and to select those whom we feel best meet the criteria that leads to the good King David, the criteria in our heads that led to that wonderful boss who helped us grow and that we adored working for, and to avoid that which was not so much fun to work with. Perhaps if we worked from those criteria, many of the problems of this world and this nation today would be very, very different, and many could be resolved. Amen. Please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please remain standing for the prayers of the people. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church, that we may all be one. Grant that every member of the Church may truly and humbly serve you, that your name be glorified. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons, word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world, that there may be justice and peace on the earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake, that our, that works, our works may find, may find favor, favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble, that they may be delivered, delivered from, from their, their distress. distress. Give to the Give to the departed eternal rest. 
Let light Light perpetual shine shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for Jerry, Pam, Matthew, and Alexandra Giacobi, Doris Gifford, and Justine Greenwell. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for amazing grace at the ACI. For all who have died in the communion of our church, we pray especially for Linda Osterhout and Norman Choppy, and for those whose faith is known to you alone, that with all the saints, they may, re- they may have rest in that place where there is no pain or grief, but life eternal. We pray to you, O Lord. I also ask your prayers for all who died in the building collapse in Florida. I also ask your prayers for all who will be married in the coming months here at St. Peter's. For Amy and Stephen to be married next weekend. For Benny and Kara to be married in September. For Mike and Anise, Trevor and Taylor to be married in October. And for Norma. and whose partner I cannot remember to be married in November. Hasten, O Father, the coming of your kingdom, and grant that we, your servants who now live by faith, may with joy behold your Son at his coming in glorious majesty, even Jesus Christ, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Just a reminder for those, please be seated. Just a reminder for those who have not been with us since um, we've come back into the building, all are welcome to receive the Eucharist. We do distribute the Eucharist at this time at the foot of the crossing here in the front of the pews. Uh, I will be, have the bread and Brian will have the chalice with the wine in it. If you wish to receive the wine, you just simply, after receiving the bread from me, intinct or dip, 
your um, wafer in the wine and then receive that. The flow, the flow for the receiving at this point, come up the center aisle and then go back down the side aisle. And I realized that the best way to keep the flow going, if Brian is to my right, just everyone go that way down the side and back up to your seats in the center. Uh, as I like to say, we're, try we're doing our best to keep you safe and we're getting, making sure that you get your steps in as well. So walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on the first day of the week overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you, in your mercy, sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross, and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he'd given thanks to you, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also, that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. 
Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Please stand and join in singing hymn 492. peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.